Please be seated. So in 2013, uh, my sweet wife and I, we went to England for about 10 days, and for whatever reason, we decided to rent a car. Now, I don't know if you've ever driven in England, um, but just so you know, in case you decide to, uh, some ninny put the steering wheel on the wrong side of the car. And everything that you shift is with your left hand, not your right. The brake and the accelerator are with your right foot still, just on the wrong side of the car. Now, if that's not enough, you have to drive on the incorrect side of the road, right? Now, when you do that, and you're on a big road, it's really not a big deal. If you're on a highway, you can just pull over in the left lane and just enjoy the scenery and all of that. But eventually, you have to get off the big roads, and they're small roads. Now, please hear me when I say small roads. They are really small. They weren't built for cars. They were built for carriages, right? And so you're going down these roads, and, and the idea that two cars can go on this road at the same time is phenomenal because it just... Uh, and then all of a sudden you're driving, and a big tour bus is coming your way, right? Now, here's what you need to know. It'd be okay if you could pull over to the side of the road and let them go by, but you can't do that because there are rock fences right on the edge of the road. And so you're driving down and you're just like, oh, please don't hit me, right? And so as my wife is looking at the map, I say, please find me a big road. As quick as you can, find me a big road because the big road is so much easier than the small road. I can do the small road, but I would prefer not to do the small road unless I absolutely have to. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, continuing through the Sermon on the Mount as Jesus is wrapping it up. He gets to the point in the message where he says, you know what, it's time to make a choice. It's time to choose. And he talks about the narrow way and the broad way, and, and, and he makes it very clear that the broad way, the broad road that most people go on is so much easier, just like in England, the broad road is so much easier. But I'm calling you to the narrow way. So turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 7, just two verses today, verses 13 and 14. And again, wrapping up the Sermon on the Mount, how would Jesus live my life? And, and Jesus has told us all the things that we can become when we follow him, and he encourages us to move, move that direction. And then he says, now it's time to start choosing. Which path are you going to go on? So, page 971 in the Pew Bible, Matthew 7, 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So, picture this with me. Jesus creates a picture, and he says, here you are on your life journey, and you have a choice. You can go down this broad road, and really, it's, it's interpreted as the easy road. You can go down this broad, easy road through this wide gate, and everybody's going to go down, and, and you can you go down it this way, and it's so much easier, but the end of it, you drive off a cliff. Dallas Willard described the broad road as very simply doing whatever you want to do. 
But he said, there's another way. There's a narrow road, a narrow gate, a narrow way. And Jesus would best describe it this way. He said, the narrow way, and this is what he said later, would be taking up your cross daily and following me. You see, the, the, the wide road is one that says, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Whatever feels good, whatever seems right, whatever seems the best way for me, that's the decision, determining factor in how I make the decisions. The narrow way says, I'm going to take up my cross, and I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus and who he wants me to be, regardless of what it costs me, regardless of the sacrifice, regardless of its victory or its failure that day, it doesn't matter. I'm going to follow Jesus, and he is going to be the center of my world and king of my life today. That's the narrow way. And so Jesus presents to us these two models. Which ones are going to be for you? I've told you what my kingdom's like. I've told you who you can become, and now you have a choice. You can go the simple way, because that's the one most everybody's going to go on, or you can go my way. And my way's harder, but at the end of my way is life. So, a couple of things that, that I want us to see on this, and that Jesus made very clear, and, and please hear me, uh, I talked a lot to my wife about this message today, and, and she said, you have the potential to tick a lot of people off today, so please be nice. I said, I'll do my best. Jesus said that not many people find the narrow way. Right? And, and the Greek there is very interesting because it, it really indicates that there are people looking for the narrow way. They don't find it because they're not looking for it. And what he says is people don't find the narrow way because they're searching for something much easier. And the idea is, is that the narrow way is not crowded. It's not bumper to bumper traffic on the narrow way. Because the broad way is so much easier. I read a fascinating study this week. Uh, from George Barna, and he talked about how many people in our country live by a biblical worldview. And, and he, he would ask questions, and he came to conclusions. I can talk about that, what the questions were at a different time. But here were the numbers, and this just blew me away. He said in baby boomers, that's those of coming to retirement age, that's Lita and, and her ilk, the baby boomers, 10% of the people live with a biblical worldview. Generation X, baby busters, my generation, 7% live with a biblical worldview. The millennials, the generation after mine, 6%. Biblical worldview is the model in which they live. Generation Z, they haven't named them yet, the, the ones that are just now graduating high school in their very young 20s, 4%. Jesus said, listen, there are not going to be many people on the narrow way because the other way is so much easier, so much simpler. But he and I were having a conversation, and it started out as one story, ended up as several hours not too long ago. She came home and told this story. This is what propelled the discussion. She came home and she said, I had a parent come to me today. She's a school counselor, for those that don't know. I had a, a parent come to me today very distraught, almost in tears, because their child is sleeping through classes, fourth, fifth, or sixth grader, I don't remember. 
She said, I, I asked the person why. They stick me through classes. She said, well, they stay up to 4 a.m. playing video games. And they fall asleep during school. And, and this was the, the clicker for me, I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> so I said, you're joking. They didn't really say that. Said, no, that's exactly what they said. I was like, wow. So I began to process when my kids were coming up, what would have happened? There would have been no video game player, right? It would have been sold or destroyed right in front of them. Been made very clear. Am I lying? Okay. So that's, that's, what, would, that's what would have happened, you know? And, and so we began this discussion, and, and we began to talk about the world and how different it is and how different we are from the world. It was an amazing discussion because that, from that it just propelled into this long discussion about how different we are. We talked about marriages that are open. You can sleep with whoever you want to as long as you're honest about it. What? We talked about a famous person who is raising a five-year-old son who has determined and told the world, you will not call this a boy. Because this child can be whatever they want to be. And we were going through this discussion, and we were talking about people stealing packages off of the off of front porches, and, and we were talking about how in New York now it's starting to be okay to kill babies in the third trimester of pregnancy. We were, we were talking about all of these things, and, and just list after list, that thing after thing after thing, and it was like, you know what? And this is our catchphrase that we use when things like this happen. That's not our normal. That's not our normal. The rest of the world may say it's okay, and everybody may look at us like we're crazy. We may start a movie on Netflix, and five minutes in, it's so horrible because of language or because of what's ever going on, and so, well, time to turn that off. That's our normal. That's who we are. And what's going on now is that the Broadway, the broad path is, is, is so in charge of our world that they're looking at us and saying, we're wrong, we're crazy. And the truth is, we're not standing in judgment of anybody. That's not the point. But the point is, the narrow way is creepy to people. They don't get it. And so we will be in conversations with people and we'll look at each other and one of us will say, that's not our normal. That's not who we are. And here's what we found. Here's the reality of it. The bottom line of it all is we're not normal. We're not normal. Because the new normal is not us. And so Jesus says, you know, not, not many people find this road because the broad road is so much easier. Because it's on the broad road, I, I do whatever I want to do. And what Jesus wants doesn't matter anymore. Or it never did. 
So they head down this broad road and, and make decisions that are best for you without ever considering the king. And we realize we just don't fit. And sometimes we'll play the country song, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy, just to satisfy ourselves. That, but the truth is the world thinks we're the crazy one. And that's okay. Because on the narrow way, what we say is, today belongs to Jesus. It's his. If he wants me to have a conversation with someone, I'm here. If he wants me to sacrifice something, it's okay, I'm here. If he wants me to give up something, if he wants me to be something that I don't think I've never been before, that's all right. Because today's about him and about his kingdom and what he wants to accomplish. And that's what Jesus was saying. He said, not many people are going to do this. And so... Please hear me when I say this. I, I say this in all love. There are people in pews right now all over our country who aren't walking the narrow way. And we've come to this conclusion that we can come and celebrate Jesus as a big fan on Sunday, but then walk on the broad road the rest of the time. That's not the narrow way. That's a compromise way. So we, we have to come to this realization that the more we follow Jesus, the more we walk on the narrow way, the more we're not going to fit in. We're just not. And, and, and please don't hear me say what I'm not saying. You don't have to try to not to fit in. It'll come naturally. It'll come naturally. You don't have to try. And so our goal is to follow Jesus. Now, now, again, please don't hear me say I'm not standing in judgment of anyone. I'm just saying as I follow Jesus, this is our normal. And it's okay. And I'm not ashamed of that. And there may be people who are not my friends. There may be people who don't want to be around me. There may be people who don't like us or want to come to our home. And that's okay. We're going to live our normal. So the, the follow-up and, and the very natural follow-up to this is that when we have this normal and we practice doing our best to follow Jesus and under His power becoming who He wants us to become, that the world is going to look at us in a negative way. It's just part of the conclusion. It's just a part of the reality of what's going to happen, and, and, and we need to understand that. So I have this... Um, <laughs> this to me, it's a funny story. You may not think it's funny. I thought it was hilarious. But I got to campus the other day, and I was walking to the building, and I walked past the HIV testing truck. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a, it's a truck that students can go into, or professors, and, and have their blood checked to see if they're HIV positive. And so I grew up in a time when we were first learning about HIV and AIDS, and and so I encourage people, get tested. The sooner you find out, the better it is for you, et cetera. Um, so I, I'm not standing in judgment of the truck. I, I think it's going to be a positive thing. But I was walking in, and nobody was in line. <clears throat> and so a man holding the sign 
inviting people, came to me and said, hey, do you want to get checked out to see if you have HIV? And I smiled and I said, I don't really need to. Everybody needs to, he said. I said, listen, I, I don't mean to offend you with this, and, and I was hoping this was going to lead to a conversation. I don't mean to offend you with this, but I'm more likely to get HIV from your needle than I am from my lifestyle. And what I was hoping was happen is we would have a discussion. Another student, a student came up, and, and uh, he ended up talking to him. But here's what I, I wish I could describe the look on his face when I said, the lifestyle I've chosen, I don't need it. The best way I can describe it, he looked at me as if I had three heads on my shoulders. He was so absolutely perplexed by the idea that somebody would actually live that way. You see, if we had had a discussion, I, I would have said, listen, when I was a little boy, I, for whatever reason, they told me that the scripture was what I needed to follow and I just said, okay. And so for my 52 years, not perfectly, but to the best of my ability, I have followed the teachings of the Scripture. And you know what? I have discovered in my 52 years that the, the regulations and boundaries God sets, it's not because He doesn't like me. It's because He's protecting me for myself. And as I followed those, the things that concern you and concern others some of them I just don't have to worry about. That's what I wanted to say. And, and, and I think we have to realize that when we choose to do what the Scripture teaches, when we choose to follow this narrow way, it's going to freak the world out. And there's no way, and I figured this out, there's no way they're not going to come to the conclusion that we're being judgmental. They're going to come to that conclusion. But really, that's not what it's about. It's not about telling people how wrong they are. It's about how Christ has influenced my life and my world and what's normal for me and right for me and wrong for me. It's not making me better than you. It's just the narrow way. So as a side note, let, let me say this, and, and, and this is one of the things that, and, and this is the place where I may offend you. So... I would apologize, but I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> One of the things that's not normal for us, and we believe as a part of the narrow way, is we do not believe for a second it is our job to convince the world to live the way as we do. I'm going to let that soak in for a minute. Evangelical Christianity has gone out of its way to try and force everyone by law, by statute, to live the way that Christians live. Thinking somehow, some way, if they live like Jesus, they're going to see how wonderful it is and they'll stay there and society will be better. That's not how it works. It works when individual hearts are transformed and they follow Jesus and the Holy Spirit changes them. And so what we've done is we've shown the world Phariseeism. I'm not telling you not to vote. 
I'm not telling you not to follow the narrow way. I'm telling you that you cannot change people by forcing them to live like you. You can't do it. That's God's job. But on the narrow way, there are going to be a lot of people we look at their lives and say, man, what are they thinking? What are they doing? Why don't they see what we see? But the truth is, until they have an encounter with Jesus, they're not going to. So, one of the things is I've come to this conclusion that in Christianity today, there are a whole lot more fans of Jesus than there are followers of Jesus. Here's what a fan does. A fan shows up on Sunday or Saturday night or whenever they worship, and they celebrate Jesus, and they're so grateful for all he's done, and they're excited about him, and then they leave, and that's where he stays until they come back the next week. A follower wakes up every day and says, this is Jesus' day. I'm going to live for him. To the best of my ability with his help, I'm going to live for him. So I got a video here I want to show you. It's a spoken word video. Uh, maybe kind of help us understand that. I know all about being a fan. When my Sunday begins, I'm all in. Well, at least until the event ends. At which point, the crew usually shoots out as quickly as we came in route to the post-game events. Generally to an eatery where we would critique what we saw to an extent. All put in our two cents of what we liked, didn't like, how it could have or should have gone down. The different plays we may have called. But at the end of the day, it's all fun and games. So just as the day moves on, so do our lives. At least until next Sunday, where we suit up and do it all again. But then, one day, I encountered what I thought was a fan. One particular friend who didn't just watch and spectate. Wouldn't settle with living life in the bleachers, pretending she was out on the field. Couldn't find satisfaction with anything outside her call of being totally immersed in a lifestyle I soon realized I knew little of. She wasn't just a fan of Christ for what he could do or how his story made her feel, but she honestly followed him for what he had done. Beyond simply subscribing to the Jesus fan page via the click of a button, as this does not equate to following him, but it did create tension in me. Her faith in him obviously stronger, leaving me questioning what in the world was I even doing? This whole time believing to be a follower, but now seeing that I was only a bandwagon fan? Now having a better understanding results in demanding more of myself because there's no question, I want to follow him. But what if I can't? What if I can't leave the comfortable familiarity of my bleacher seat? And most importantly, those sitting with me. Let's face it, shouting at the opposing team is far easier from up here. No confrontation in my situation and thus, no fear. Plus, how else would I keep my gear from getting dirty? clear as a fan it seems 
I value the representation more than who I'm representing. And the more I try to get in the game, the stronger the paralysis of my fandom. So in these bleacher seats, I remain. Because apparently, somewhere along the line, the concepts that define the term follower have been redesigned to resemble that of a fanatic, and over time have drastically devolved into what we would now call a fan. And boy oh boy, I know all about being a fan. So Jesus presents a truth. There are two roads. There's an easy road that everybody's going to go down. Most people are going to go down, and it's the... But for those of us who claim to be Christian, it's the road of being a fan. But then there's the narrow way. The way of a follower. Now, I, I know that most followers at some point started out as fans. I get that. And at some point, there was a choice that was made that, you know what, I'm going to take this seriously now. I, I know that to be true. But I just wonder if there's anyone here today that needs to move from fandom to following. And I ask you to consider which one are you. I'm not saying you're going to get it perfect, because you're not. But which one are you? Well, I know that if you choose to follow and you choose to take up your cross daily and follow Jesus, there are people you work with, there may be people at your home, there may be people who are your friends who are going to say, You are crazy. But here's what I want you to hear me say. As Jesus said, the narrow road leads to life, an abundant life, a life of peace and joy and an eternity in the presence of God. So which are you? Are you a fan? Or are you a follower? Let's pray.